Hello, fellow hooligans, and welcome back to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. Uh, I know it's been a while, coming back from a long hiatus. Uh, it's just been, as you all know, 2020 was a crazy year. Uh, hoping 2021 is a lot different. Um, and yeah, hoping to have a lot more time to put out some more podcast episodes. Pretty much having to start all over again for the most part. This is kind of what I did last year. Um, but I know... That there's a lot of people out there that miss the the podcast, like listening, and uh, I, I just want to put out more episodes to to have them enjoy it. And again, I always like hearing people's um stories, pretty much. You know, the, the stuff that they're into, uh, kind of like a book club, but for not just books. You know, um, yeah. And then uh, this episode, I have a very special guest. Uh, he's a really really good customer from the store. Really cool guy. Um, always a fun time when he comes in. Uh, always really really cool stuff to talk about he's a really big fan of uh not only comic books um but movies tv shows um music comedy just all kinds of stuff really well-rounded in his uh interests and uh really knowledgeable about a lot of stuff too um but i'd like to introduce my uh my good buddy uh francis hello everyone yeah um so uh francis Again, you're into not only comic books, he comes in every week, can't miss a new comic book day, um, but you're also into, I know you're always recommending movies, TV shows, stuff like that. Um, what would you say is something from your past that you really, really like? Like what story would you say was good? From my past, I remember um, re- I was really a big fan of comedy, especially at a small age. I remember watching because I remember when Fox came out back in the, like the late 80s and then they exploded like crazy in the 90s and they started to come out with a wave of sitcoms. And one of the sitcoms that really caught my mind, caught my attention was um, Get a Life, which starred um, Chris Elliott, for, you know, the guy from, um, he used to be a, a, a regular on Late Night with David Letterman back when he was on NBC. And uh, if, you, if you saw um, There's Something About Mary or a Scary Movie 2 or Groundhog's Day, that's that's the guy. And he's one of my favorite, he's, all, he's one of my all-time favorite comedians. And I saw that, that stuff, that abstract, weird kind of comedy. How he was, um, how he played a a thirty year old paper boy who had this very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, he was a thirty year old paper boy who had this very, decri- very de- decrepit and crumbling um, grip on reality. He still, he was still like a child. So I thought that was very fun, even though it lasted for two seasons because I don't think Fox knew what to do with it. It was it was very it was ahead of its time. <laughs> and plus, I got to remember the creative team he had behind him. He had you know David Merkin, who was a who went on to become the producer of The Simpsons, a longtime producer, and he had Adam Resnick, his old writer partner from Letterman. So with those three together, and the, the, the magic that they created with that show and all the other writers they had on it, I thought it was brilliant. I I was a big fan of it as a kid. Who did he uh, Who did he play in there? Something about Mary, um, Chris Elliott. He played um, Mary's. I think it was Mary's ex. Yeah, you saw him, you see him towards the end. He shows up, you know, he's all covered up. I think boils. And he has like a pimple on the left <laughs> side of his face. Okay, um, yeah, dude. That's well, so. You said the show was pretty much him. Um, uh, I'm assuming get a life is because he has no life. Like he's just a, yeah, he, a man child. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He's a he's a man child. And um, I thought with him as a comedian, I love how he perfected the concept the, the concept that he created on Get a Life. He played the arrogant idiot, mm. and I took that with all <laughs> when it came to my humor. I, I took that and applied it to my own sense of humor because uh, on that show, yeah, he was a thirty year old paper boy. He still lived at home with his parents. Right, uh, sure. That'd be like if yeah. I was living at home, still tossing paper, which I kind of am, but I'm just not living at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, let's see. Oh yeah, he was. 
he was still good friends with his um, long childhood best friend, even though he's the complete opposite of Chris's, Chris Elliott's character. <laughs> he has that job. He has a wife that pretty much harps on him every chance he gets. And <laughs> he has no little, he, at the time, I think the se- first season, he had no fulfillment of joy in his life. So Wow. So it, it just shows you, like, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. You can still be happy or unhappy given your circumstances. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No matter what you are in your station of life, you can still be happy. And I yeah, think that show exactly. It. He goes, yeah, this guy would normally be considered successful, right? He yeah. has a good job, I'm assuming. Really, you know, he's married, doing well for himself. Yeah. And he's not happy. Yeah, he's, and then here, here comes his longtime best friend, who's still, who's still a kid at heart, just underachieving basically. Yeah. you know. and I'm assuming he's happy. He said he's an idiot. Usually, dumb people are pretty happy. Yeah, just because they're ignorant yeah, of. Yeah, he's an yeah he's kind of an idiot. But um, I think when he goes back to back with his um best friend's wife, who was a lady named Sharon, um, he was really great with the one lighters and the put downs, and he was very sharp with that. Right on. So, so, it, so it was a it was a sitcom style. So there was like no overarching narrative then, right? Yeah, it was no. Just, overarching. Every episode was its own little story. Yeah. Is there any episodes that stand out to you that you let's remember see. watching? Don't, let's see the one that stood out to me more than anything. I think it was from season two where um Chris decided he was a, Chris became a food a health food inspector. <laughs> Yeah, um, he was trained under this one guy who. Yeah, he was trained under this one guy, and um, I think what happened was that uh, he saw him taking bribes, and I. He was kind of, kind of. He was not that wise to the whole situation to the point where um. Let's see. Yeah, he. I'm sorry. He he. Yeah, he met up with the guy. And then um he, and then oh yeah and then he saw, he saw him taking bribes and and all of a sudden out of nowhere he. He decided that he want he, he he thought that was the way to be being a you know a food inspector you know you just take that's bribes you here you, yeah, you take that's the, the you job. turn the other way but the one fun fun point <laughs> the one insane part of about that episode was um I think the bribes he was getting from the other the guy who was training him was like five dollars and I remember there was this one scene I really stuck out mind as a kid where they they like to do these little montages in the sitcoms where they played this like music and you saw these little situations going on well yeah I said I liked the part where Chris Chris decides to go to go to a car dealership with a with his with a briefcase, he saw a car he wanted to buy, and the the the, the car the salesman was like, "Okay, fine, we'll we'll make a deal." And then he gets a uh, the briefcase, opens it up, <laughs> he op- he opens it up, and he had it was just a five dollar bill in it. And, <laughs> That's all he had was just yeah, one five dollar. Yeah, and he thought that well because he was raking in the money. He's like, "Well,", well. then the, the, I like how the car the car salesman just looked at him like. Are you are you insane? Yeah, or something? Well, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then we just gave him a dirty look. Oh, took his briefcase. And <laughs> it was so Take my business elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, but if you want, like all those episodes are on YouTube, so I don't think nice, Fox is allowed nice. to take them down. Right on. And you yeah. said it was called uh, what? Uh, Get a life. Yeah, Get a life. Yeah, I grew and, up on that who, show. You said one of them. Um, uh, who was it that start, went on to write for The Simpsons? Uh, David Merkin. David Merkin. Right on. Yeah, I love The Simpsons. Like you're wearing a Krusty the Clown shirt right yeah. now. I know we oh, always yeah. talk about The Simpsons and stuff. I, I, I love like nineties, nineties to even early two thousand Simpsons was just it was awesome, man. I loved watching it, um, and yeah, the it, it takes a lot of really good writing to tell a story in one episode. Like I can't remember more than maybe two multi episode episodes. You know, there was the one who killed Mr. Burns. Yeah, who shot Mr. Burns? Yeah, I, I remember that too. Um, funny story about that. It's like I told my stepbrother about this too a while back. Um, back in the summer of ninety five when they did the first episode. Yeah, they started doing all these um, um, um contests like giveaways. Like I think Burger King and Seven Eleven got to the acts like if you can find out who shot Mr. Burns, you can win ten million dollars. <laughs> 
So that went crazy for the summer night. I mean, it died down for a while, but when they brought back, when they came back for the for part two, I think a week before that, that's, no, I'm sorry, two weeks before that, that's when they started bringing back all the contest. Like, hey, if you find out who shot Mr. Barge, you win $10,000, or, or you win $20,000, $25,000. <laughs> Cause I remember, yeah, I, I told my several, like, I think Burger King and McDonald's, and I think 7 Eleven gone today, so they started coming to all these contests. Which I, How are they doing it? Like, you just mail in who you thought it was? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I remember, That's I remember so that. weird. <laughs> I know. That's so weird. Cause I'd just be like, who are the characters in the show? And I just keep mailing in names, I guess. I'm yeah. sure. Did anybody win? Did they ever show up? I don't think anyone won. won. I, That's funny. But I do remember they did a Fox actually produced a Who Shot Mr. Burns special. I think it was like they brought in John Walsh from um the guy from, the host from uh, America's Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted. Yeah. <laughs> just, I heard that. I there was a backstory. I heard that he didn't want to do it at all. So, but I remember watching watching that episode. And I remember, yeah, he he, was, he looked very miserable doing it. <laughs> His show it. was very serious because the fact that as right. you heard his um. His own child got yeah. Abducted. His child was uh, abducted and killed, and dude, they cut his head off, dude. Like I, it was, it was really gruesome, dude. I, know, I, I used I, to I, love watching America's Most Wanted, though. I don't know yeah. why. It was just that morbid curiosity yeah. every yeah. Saturday, and the fact that they took that very serious show and this guy, I know, right? and they decided to put him in the, the Simpsons special to help promote this. I know, right? And it's like you know who would be a blast to have on this yeah. show. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know. They thought dude's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone's like, hey, why don't we do like a nobody thought show? that through, right? Yeah, no, yeah, I don't think anyone at Fox thought. After they're like, like, it'd be like, let's have a, a survivor from um, that one plane that crashed where they had to become cannibals. What was that one called? Yeah. The, uh, I forget what it's called, but like, yeah, let's have one of those survivors. It'd be it'd be the equivalent of that. Like, yeah, let's just have somebody who's just their whole story is a downer thing and put them in this comedy cartoon. Oh, yeah, I know. But yeah, I looked at it, it was like it was so cheesy and so bad. But with the <laughs> I Simpsons, I love the Simpsons though. It was just done really well. You know which ones I I remember all the time. One of my favorite ones mm-hmm. is definitely um the monorail episode. Oh yeah, that oh, was so good. Yeah, that was actually written by um Conan, Conan O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I heard a story that yeah, <laughs> I heard a story. It was like um, most writers on the show would they would after they write their first draft, they would turn it in. Some of the writers would pick it apart. Like okay, let's change it. Let's change that. Change that. But what? I heard Everybody wants with, to get input, yeah. Yeah, but with Conan, his first drafts were always spot on. So, right, that's, that's just done really. That shows you. I mean, Conan is a funny guy. Yeah. like it's yeah, dude. Uh, those guys who were writing those Simpsons episodes early on, yeah. um, they were they were just genius. Oh, yeah. yeah, great guy. Yeah, like you know Conan and um David Merkin and um Jeff Martin, who was also a writer for Letterman, and um John Schwartzwelder, who was also a longtime Simpsons writer. His episodes are always great. Yeah, I miss a lot of those early Simpsons episodes. I yeah. kind of want to go back and watch them. I know they're on Disney Plus, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they have all of it. The Treehouse of Horrors were always great. Oh yeah, um, anything yeah with Krusty, Sideshow Bob was always fun. Like yeah. man, I just miss those early episodes. And again, it was cool. You tell a story in one episode. Like one of the ones that hell resonates with me all the time is a. Uh, do you remember the uh, Mr. Sparklow? <laughs> Mr. Yes. Mr. Sparklow. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> why is your he- why is your face on this uh, detergent? Yeah. <laughs> and this is what was a light bulb and a fish. Yeah, and then they, yeah, they showed the commercial and this commercial <laughs> made absolutely no sense. Typical like, Japanese commercial. Yeah, they showed the Mr. Sparkle character like <laughs> underwater with these like Japanese models, and they turns into sumo wrestlers. And oh my there's God. this one scene where I think. He goes up to a bunch of cows and they get freaked out and they just yeah break dudes. the glass like I was like what the hell is this oh man typical typical Japanese yeah and I heard that they would make a lot I heard that back then they would make a lot of horrible commercials I remember I don't know if it, I did hear some I heard, I heard there's a story I heard once where um they made a horrible laundry commercial where um that was yeah. I don't know if that was Japanese I know it was one of those Asian countries yeah yeah it was I think it was one of the Asian countries where um I think this Asian woman whatever she got this 
one guy. A yeah, it was, black it was an African American guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, puts him in a, the washer, and then he comes out as a Asian yeah, guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then they're implying that you know black people are just dirty. Yeah, I was like, and I'm like, uh, and. <laughs> That's so out there, man. Yeah, I remember because yeah. she's like, like seducing him, like, "Oh, come here, come kiss me," and then she's like sitting on the the washer. I know. And she like shoves him in. So it was such a crazy commercial. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's really <laughs> it was, funny. It was just so crazy. Yeah, dude, these Asian commercials are crazy on a lot of them, especially like, you know, the thing about them though is, especially with the Japanese commercials, um, they're out there and they're nuts, and it might be a different culture, but you remember them, which oh, yeah. is genius. You know, you're you're in the grocery store and you're trying to remember like mm-hmm. oh man I need detergent oh that one you look you look at it like, oh, I remember this crazy commercial with the, the crazy dancing mermaid whatever they mm-hmm. were and sumo wrestlers I'll oh, yeah. check this out I'll buy this it's yeah. something that I remember like it yeah. stands out <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah I remember um, with the Simpsons I loved like all the writers that came came from it and I, I was I also it also turned me on to be a big fan of um, besides Chris Elliott my another favorite comedian was always Phil Hartman and he did a lot of appearances on the Simpsons with those two f- iconic characters um Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure <laughs> hello I'm Troy McClure <laughs> yeah and he would just throw some very genres of movies he'd been in he'll, yeah. <laughs> I remember you might remember me from videos such as honey I parallel park the kids or some stupid <laughs> something it was always something dumb like that I know yeah. <laughs> I, I remember they did the story arc from uh, this one episode where um, he marries uh, Selma, one of the sisters Selma, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I was just remember that because they ha- she has a big old lizard. She had a big old like yeah, uh, ginger, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just doing it just to have somebody to be married to. Like yeah. it was for publicity. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Lionel Hutz is freaking hilarious too. He's the the lawyer, right? Oh yeah, the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally an ambulance chaser. Yeah. I know. There's this one, I remember that one classic episode. Where I think Marge had a her next door neighbor. I. Th- yeah her next door neighbors she wanted to go out on a girls night out with marge and homer was jealous so he says i'm gonna have a guy night out too and then bart lisa was like don't you think you should leave us with a babysitter it's like ah you just like how he, he just brushes off and they're like oh it could just be like home alone if anything happens it'll just be like some weird misadventure and then, and then bart's like you're right we don't need a babysitter he's like wait a minute pulls out this index card it says always do the opposite of what bart says you kids do need a babysitter he's like that's that infernal card don't give me that card okay no and then you know Lionel Hutz pops is like I was rubbing through your garbage and I I, I overheard you needing a babysitter my fee is a thousand dollars a night he's like you pay eight dollars for a night you can take two popsicles out the freezer three two three okay two and I get to keep his old birdcage he's like deal he's like I like how a partner after one walks away he tugs his tie like still yeah. got it still got it <laughs> oh man it's so good didn't he was it him that had the uh, business cards that were sponges so you yes know, you're sweating that, yeah that was his, that was his first appearance yeah Lionel Hunt's first appearance oh man I, see again I, I just love talking about these old Simpson episodes yeah. what, what would you say is one of your favorite episodes of the Simpsons overall? my all time favorite episodes um I know well, it's hard because there's a lot of good ones. But I have two. I think one from the f- second season was Bart to Daredevil where he wanted to be yeah. a Daredevil. He's following the footsteps of this one guy, Captain Lance Murdoch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, want to be evil can evil. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like it was the first appearance of Dr. Hibbert where yeah. Dr. Hibbert leads Bart and Lisa into the hospital ward where everyone got injured. Like, this young kid got hit got hit with a, a wrench. This young, this young kid got hurt imitating Superman, and that reminded me of something from my childhood too. Because um, <laughs> I always got hit, I got injured, um, injured from by Superman of some sorts. Because um, <laughs> Superman two just came out on cable, and I remember I had a cape I was flying around and yeah, well, it was a makeshift cape, and I went to my room because my my dad had a one bedroom apartment and. My brother and I had bunk beds right here. Bed was right here. Got on my top because I slept on the top. I leaped off. <laughs> 
fell to the bed and <laughs> I sprained my left ankle. Oh my and god! Here is the weird part too. Um, my mom just got home from nursing school and from a grueling day of nursing school too. The last thing she wants to do is take care of her. Yeah, yeah, her, yeah. Your son with get more injuries. Yeah. <laughs> so what, right when she walked in, that's when she heard me screaming bloody murder. That's funny. I know uh, Jesse, one of my coworkers. Uh, he said he broke his arm pretending to fly like Superman. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, man! It was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I ever did. I don't think I ever did anything like that. I did fall out of my treehouse one time when I was a kid, and luckily didn't get hurt. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good episode, though. Bart the Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, talking about uh, Doctor Hibbert. You know what's one of my favorite uh, episodes is uh, oh, damn it. There's so many good ones. The uh, Treehouse of Horror when uh, there's the the they find out there's an evil quote unquote Bart twin. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah Hugo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Hugo. And and then um, <laughs> Doctor Hibbert goes. Why, why look at this mirror <laughs> and he's just a picture yeah. frame and he looks at it and just punches him through the frame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know just... and that that whole thing became a meme too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took a life of its own because I've never seen that and it just got crazy. Dude. So many good episodes, yeah. man. And, um, my favorite episode of all time from I think season four was called um, Homer Loves Slanders is one where Homer, <laughs> um, there's a big game, football game they have to go to. I think Springfield versus Shelbyville and Homer can't get tickets and Turns to find out he calls into a radio station. They were giving away two tickets, and Ned Flanders was the last one to call. So he was trying to get get those tickets, in. and I think they did this one scene where it 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 pans out to nighttime where Homer's walk tiptoeing to Flanders' house. He has a pipe. He rings the doorbell, puts a pipe up <laughs> like he's about to hit him, and the Marge is like, "Homer, were you trying to hit Ned with a pipe and take his tickets?" He's like, "Uh, no." And then Flanders opens the door, and he's like. And um, Homer's like, Flanders, I would love to go to the football game with you. He's like, oh, well, tickle me pink. And he looks at the pipe in his hands like, were you trying to give my noggin a flog? And he's like, well, yeah. And I'd like, how funny he'll say. He just started <laughs> busting up laughing like it was the most funniest thing in the world. To them. I love Ned, dude. Ned's yeah. such a, he's such a cool, interesting character. I like the left, the was it leftorium? Left, left, yeah, leftorium, yeah. Yeah, leftorium, there you go. <laughs> I, I think that made his first appearance in season two where um, he decided he was going to quit his job as a pharmacist and open up his store for left-handed for people. For left-handed people. And then Homer, with his small mind and hatred for the guy, he had a little wishbone from a turkey. They put it, Homer and Ned broke it together. They made yeah. a wish. And then we find out what Homer really wished for is watch Flanders fall land on his flat on yeah, his ass. Yeah, he goes, I, I, I wish for your uh, <laughs> for your business to to shut down or to not do well. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then you saw towards the episode how Flanders was pretty much going down on his luck. You know, you know yeah, he uh, wasn't he doing cre- well business wise. Yeah, he had yeah. a creditor come to his house. I think they took his. He had a yard sale. I think Homer in this petty kind of way basically bought most of his stuff oh wow <laughs> yeah then um, they did i like the subplot from that episode where um i think bart wanted to take karate lessons and i think they would give him homer gave him the money to pay for the guy but after homer left he would ditch the place and go with this arcade game yeah and arcade, played, uh, yeah. touch of death yeah the touch of death and that's what because <laughs> <laughs> i remember saying to myself because I, I was thinking to myself I was like wow if my if i drove dead to my mom and she found out about it she would kill me she yeah, literally a, would kill me. Yeah, that was a good episode. No, freaking, uh, yeah, dude. Anything with Flanders. I, I remember the the episode where his wife dies because um, of Homer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there's so much good early uh, early Simpsons episodes. What other comedy shows would you say you were a fan of or or uh, movies even? Like any good movies, uh, comedy see. movies? Um, comedy movies, I was always big on, um, let's see. 
I was always big on like National Lampoon's, vac- Lampoon's Vacation. I was a big fan of that. I don't I thought think I ever really watched a whole lot of the National Lampoon movies. Yeah. Were they any yeah. good? Yeah, the, um, the first one, the first one was good. The second one, I did European Vacation. That was so and so. Christmas Vacation was awesome, but the one I would tell you to stay away from is Vegas Vacation because it really wasn't that great to begin with. Right on. So, um, that and um, let's see, um, I got into a lot of Miller Brooks' stuff because um, I remember watching Robin Hood Men in Tights as a kid. I thought that was, that was the most one. hilarious yeah, thing. that's a really good one. Yeah. Like the one character, that blind guy, blinking <laughs> cracks me <laughs> up. There was one scene where they actually stormed the castle. Um, yeah, the King, Rich, King Richard's castle. And um, I remember blinking. He's getting his sword fight, but with his little wooden post. And then because of the scene where the post is like down to like very, very thin. And there's like a lot of sawdust right there. <laughs> he thought he killed the guy. I was like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, man. It's funny to see how comedy's progressed as well. Because I... I will say they're they're still funny movies. Like mm-hmm. I still there's a lot of a lot of really good comedy movies that come out. Um, there's just a different type of humor. Like oh, it's yeah. very different. Um, which again it makes sense. You know, different times, different humor, mm-hmm. different different types of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like um, I love all the Seth Rogen stuff for the most part. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like Super Bad is awesome. I like Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. You know, those are fun comedy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pineapple Express. Who would have thought that? Right, like a, a stoner comedy action movie. Like, I know, yeah. right? Or or um, I really like the new Twenty One Jump Street. That was a funny movie with um, uh, yeah, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah and, Hill and um, Tatum. Yeah, Channing Tatum. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like the the comedy's different. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different. It's even different from when uh, when I was like in middle school, like in the two thousands. You had very. I just rewatched. Um, I think it was called Super Bad. No, not Super Bad. Uh, the new guy. I rewatched that the other day on Amazon, and I was like, "Dude, I haven't watched this movie since I was like in sixth grade." And the comedy was so different back then. Um, just like old school. Did you ever watch old school? The one, yeah, you know, that was so different. We're going straight. <laughs> I love you, Blue. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The the comedy movies, yeah, they've they've changed. Um, do you ever listen to any like stand up comedy or anything like that? Uh, stand up comedy, yes. Uh, my two favorite stand up comedy stand up movies of all time has to be. Eddie Murphy Raw and Martin Lawrence You So Crazy. Those are my all-time favorites. <laughs> yeah, there. classics right there. Yeah. Iconic, iconic. Not only comedians, but specials as well. Oh, yeah. Um, any You listen to any uh, recent ones, like uh, any of the newer guys? And you're just, um, not so much. I just stick to my classics. If, if but, you uh, get a chance, you should listen to uh, Tom Segura. He's on Netflix. I love all of his stuff. It's really, really hilarious. Really, again, really dry, mm. a little more serious, uh, but it's really wild, really fun, like interesting, interesting and really funny uh, comedy that he does. Um, I'm trying to think who else is really good. I mean, there's so many good comedians now. Uh, Bill Burr is obviously really good. Oh, I like yeah, his stuff. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched his uh, cartoon show on Netflix, The FS for Family? I heard about it. But it's I good, dude. It's good. And it's funny. Um, he has a cartoon. Yeah. He just voice acts in it. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's a trip. Um, on the comedy stuff because yeah you the, comedy like if you're, if you're doing stand-up comedy and itself you're telling stories you're 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 telling like a quick little story and yeah. you're you're either it's funny right away or you're you're getting through the story into and you're elaborating why it's funny yeah. um but yeah dude it's it's yeah telling telling stand-up comedy is such a hard i think it's difficult mm-hmm. um writing style that's for sure. Now, what about recently? Anything you've gone into recently? I know you were talking about uh, Sopranos earlier. Yeah, um, Sopranos. You said just wrap yeah. that up. Right? Yeah, I just wrapped it up last year. I watched. I binge watched every season. I thought it was great. I mean, I was. I was. I'm obviously a big fan of movies like Goodfellas and well, Casino and uh, traditional mobster. Yeah, movies. the mobster movies. Oh, and Donnie Brasco. So when I saw the when I saw that when I heard about it, I, I never got around to see them since I got HBO Max. Like, I was. Yeah, yeah, I loved every bit of it. You know, right on. What's it about? 
Like obviously it's mo- a mobster TV yeah, show. Yeah, it's a mob like, family. You know, um, I think the head, the head of the family, Tony Soprano, which is played by James Gandolfini, is. You just get you just it's just a, a typical day in his life where you know he's still running his mob and he has to go see a psychiatrist on the, on the side. So the, it deals um, with that and deals with his family, the inner workings of his family. Is he the main character? Or, yeah, he, um, yeah, he's for the most part. Yeah, he's the main character. Right on. Yeah. And um, the cast around him, do they have their own stories and stuff like that? They go through as well. Oh yeah, or? oh yeah, definitely they have their own stories. I think um, Eddie Falco's character, um, Carmine Soprano, his Tony's wife. I think they. Did a bit where she, I think one guy that worked for Tony, I think it was his, this Russian guy. I think it was his henchman who was falling in love with her. So interesting. Yeah, interesting. they did. Um, they did a what? They did um certain arcs where they brought back Tony's sister Janice, who's like a total mess, and like she would sleep around with guys and she would get herself in trouble. And and then I think Tony would get up would would end up getting a little annoyed, very annoyed with her for the most part. So so I I liked I liked. Almost every almost every episode got you. Intriguing. You would say it's solid from front to back. Yeah, like beginning to end. Yeah, but like most people, I got a little had a problem with the series finale. How the way they ended it. <laughs> so the the finale wasn't. Now, why do you have a problem with it? Was it just not good, or was it not oh, in it, line with what the rest of the show it was? It was great. It was great. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, it starts off with um, I think Tony meet his family at a diner, and then I think. They just see where a hitman. I think someone was gonna come in, and they. I think Tony looks up, and the 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 scene fades away, fades to black, and no one's no one finds out about Tony's fate. Oh, okay. So they leave it ambiguous. Yeah, ambiguous. Like if he got assassinated, or no one knows what happened, or if so. he made it through. Yeah, he made it through. So no one knew what happened after that. So, interesting, yeah. interesting. So I heard about that finale a while back. So when I finally got, so he's like, oh, okay, that's that this is, is what, what they were talking about. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I, I that's why some people have a problem with it. It's like, yeah, okay. Now, what about what about it made you like it so much? Like, what, what about the story? Is it the story? Was it the characters? Was it the oh, it was, acting? There's a little bit of both the stories and the characters. Right on. What, what about it? Like, um, was there any interesting story arcs or character development that you that st- stood out to you? Let's see. Um, I did remember one character. I think it was like um, this guy named Chris. Character named Christopher, which was played by Michael Imperioli. Um, I think, I think they were like Tony's nephew, and um, I think he was trying to break off and break into being a screenwriter, and he hooked up with this one screenwriter who was played by Tim Daly. I think he was strung out. He was a, well, a struggling screen screenwriter. He was like strung out on drugs and whatnot, and I think Christopher was trying to get him cleaned up for his own purposes, so he can get his script, so he can. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the guy write a script to his movie, so. And what happens with that? Like, I think uh, they had a big argument, and I think Christopher ends up shooting the guy. No, oh, wow. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, so, w- would you recommend uh, Sopranos to a lot of people who've been on the fence about it? And uh, w- w- oh, what yeah. do you what do you think would push him over? What pushed you over? You said it was because it was on HBO Max, right? Yeah, it was on HBO Max because of that because of the finale, basically. Right? <laughs> You're like, you got to see what it's about, yeah. right? Yeah, on. But, but I heard about it. I've heard about it in past. And I never got seen so seen it. So when I got HBO Max, I finally sat down and watched it. And I, yeah, I really liked. It. I was a, if I, I recommend it for anybody who was a big fan of the Mark Scorsese stuff, like you know the mom movies and. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who likes that stuff, I rec- totally recommend that's that. That's cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I want to check it out. I never watched any of the good, uh, the. I watch Goodfellas. I like Goodfellas. I never watched any of the Godfather movies. I hear nothing but good things about yeah. those. Oh, yeah. uh, one of these days, I'll have to watch them because yeah, everybody says those movies are freaking amazing. 
Um, I know, yeah, I know you've probably heard of um, Scarface. The I love Scarface. Yeah, yeah, dude. Scarface is awesome. Um, yeah, the mobster movies are cool. I like that kind of stuff too. It's just a lot of it is opportunity, man. Just never really had the chance to watch them. There's just always been something else that I can watch. Even now, like I'd like to watch uh, Sopranos on HBO Max, but like I still need to catch up on Disney Disney Plus stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, like Mando season two. I know uh, WandaVision just started too. You said you uh, you watched the they released two episodes already. Yeah, two episodes. Two episodes. And how was that? It was great. It was really great, actually. Um, I like how um the setting for those two episodes came about. How it paid homage to a lot of those old sitcoms from the fifties and sixties, which I'm a fan of because I, I love I love Lucy and the Honeymooners and the Avengers of Ozzy and Harriet, and what else? Oh yeah. Um, the Dick Van Dyke show. I was a huge fan of those sitcoms, mostly due, because of my dad. Because when he first came here to America, his favorite pastime was just he would just watch TV. And when my I was when my brother and I were kids, that's that's what we were sub- subjected to. And yeah, you just sit in front of the TV and watch yeah. whatever was on. So right? we, I think my brother and I were the only kids in our neighborhood who got exposed to prime time in terms of sitcoms. That's when I back in the eighties because I loved um such sitcoms from the eighties such as um, Alf and Family Ties and different strokes, even though it was coming towards the end. And oh yeah, Three's Company. So because I was a, I, I was a huge John Ritter fan as a kid. So. Right on. Um, and and what about a? So you're saying the uh, One Division show is obviously paying a lot yeah. of homage, yeah, a lot paying, of reference to uh, early TV, like oh, yeah. you said, 50s, 60s. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, then I think later on they're going to do homage to some of the sitcoms from the 70s and 80s. So that's so you you think every episode is moving forward. In a decade or what? Yeah, in a decade. How many yeah. episodes are supposed to be in the season for WandaVision? I'm not sure. I think I want to say six or seven. Right, so I could probably be, get I, very close yeah. to whatever the current time is, huh? Yeah, if someone wants to correct me, it's fine, but I want to say <laughs> six or seven. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and what? what's, I mean, uh, we'll put a spoiler right now for the people who haven't watched it, because I haven't watched it either, but I'm really interested in what happens. Uh, what What is the show about? Like, does it take place before Endgame? I think it takes place, like, somewhere, I think, I want to say somewhere after Endgame. Really? Yeah. So what's up with the Vision then? How's he back? Or are they going to explain yeah, that? Yeah, I think they're going to explain it as they go along, but they made a little joke about his head being so indestructible. <laughs> but yeah, it, like I say, it's just basically them living out their lives as husband and wife and they're in these right. little sitcom settings. And Now, are they aware that they're in a sitcom or is it just playing out and they're just... It's just playing out, yeah. Interesting, interesting. You know, and I'm, I know everybody's been making this reference, but uh, it'd be really, really cool if this was like their house of m status thing you read house of m right oh yeah definitely. remember how she went nuts and yeah she cleared no more mutants and- yeah no more mutants exactly <laughs> well then uh yeah during the house of m she made it to where in that reality it was the mutants who are the regular people you know like yeah so it'd be interesting if this is her mental breakdown leading up to that you know like can't make can't get past the idea of uh losing vision basically and in all these scenarios in her head you know this picturesque um you know, especially the early early sitcoms, you know, in this picturesque uh, stories, it still doesn't work out at the end or something like oh, that. Yeah. Be interesting. See, imagine if uh, if uh, if uh, by the end of the let's just say it doesn't episode six or seven, you know, and uh, as they're wrapping up every sitcom at the very end of it, you just see Thanos just destroying Vision, breaking his head open, taking the gem, and then it starts looping like. Every era sitcom, no matter what, the story always ends with him dying and her coming oh, yeah. to terms. That'd be cool, dude. That'd be oh, a really yeah. cool visual. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't. I agree with you on that. that would yeah, because totally awesome. again, it's it's really interesting. It, you'd also see her playing out the reality in her head of like, yeah, he's gone. Like, 
you know it's it's a trip though dude it still trips me out that they got so attached so quickly uh wanda and vision oh yeah um because i know they were that way in the comics so yeah i know but in the comics you had so much lead up to it there was so much to it whereas in the movies it went from one movie to the other it just implied that they're really you know they're they're in a relationship oh it's, it's, that's funny, man. Um, and not to give anything away, but um, in WandaVision, just like in, I think, Infinity War and Endgame, you get to see Elizabeth Olsen lose her Sokovian accent. Oh. Where it's, it's not there <laughs> she's anymore. Just a, she's just an American yeah. girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, they, 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 they in WandaVision, she, they basically just did away with her Sokovian accent. <laughs> that's funny. You know what trips me out about this, too, is if it is her controlling reality, where's her brother at? Like... She knew her brother for much longer. Yeah. And, I mean, they clearly loved each other. I mean, they're, they're really close. In Age of Ultron, he died. Yeah, but, he died. But in the comics, especially, in, I think, in Ultimates 3, the the one they're that like talks about. They're, like, incestuous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Ultim- Dude, Ultimates was wild, bro. Because, yeah, uh, Colossus was with, um, was it Northstar from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. That's funny how they move them to the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants from Alpha Flight and the Ultimates, huh? Yeah. Um, dude, Ultimates was cool. I know every time me and Derek talk about it, it's like, yeah, it was so cool. Because it was a more modern take of, it was kind of like what the movies are, actually. I know mm-hmm. they, they toned the Ultimates down, but the movies are pretty much based off of the Ultimate oh, like yeah. universe. You can tell. Like, oh, yeah, you like, the Nick Fury yeah. being Sam Jackson, basically. And then you got um, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie's Falcon costume, which yeah, was... Yeah, yeah. I think it paired the, in The Ultimate. way he cap acts and the way he got brought back and everything. Like, yeah. It's all heavily oh, yeah, inspired. Yeah, especially, yeah, the first of it. And yeah, Captain America, the first Avenger, where um, he they actually brought him back. It was the same way they did in the Ultimates, too. Yeah, because I remember... He 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 recognizes like these people are fucking with me. They're lying to me. Yeah. He escapes. <laughs> Except in the Ultimates, Nick Fury tells Steve that he's been he's been under for like seventy five years. Whereas yeah, in the in the in the movie, first Avenger, he doesn't bring that up. It's like yeah, you've been gone for a while now. It's been a while, cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, that was such a good story, dude. The, the Ultimates and uh, I like Cap First Avenger. Out of the Cap stories or the movies, uh, Winter Soldier is definitely I, I like it better. I feel like it's a better movie. Yeah. Cap First Avenger is really good for its time. Like, it's a good setup movie. That's why I always talk to people. If Captain Marvel came out around when those came out, people wouldn't have made such a hoopla about it. Yeah. But it's like trying to make, um, again, it's like trying to make a, shoot, what's a crappy, like, it'd be like trying to come out with a Smallville-style TV show nowadays you know like they've moved on in style and ways that they do the shows now yeah. same thing with the movies it'd be like trying to come out with the uh christopher reeves uh superman style movie nowadays like nobody wants that anymore yeah. i know they i know brian singer did that with superman returns it didn't yeah really and yeah it, that's, like exactly exactly yeah you're very right on that yeah with uh brandon ruth yeah. i was so hyped up for the movie it was all right dude as a superman fan i was like yeah, yeah it's superman but it wasn't uh, like you said, it, they they tried to do it a little too late. Yeah, yeah. I never put that together. The they two- they paid homage to the first movie. The, yeah, the, the whole thing where Lex Luthor wanted to buy a property in California and sink it, and he did that with Metropolis. <laughs> Except he had that Kryptonian artifact, and he just yeah, he just took a Kryptonian crystal and put it ar- inside of uh, yeah, and, and he let, uh, Kryptonite, and he had, and we all got to watch Metropolis go to hell because of that. Oh man, dude! Yeah, it was again. It was a decent movie. They hint at Superman and Lois having a kid. Yeah, which I thought that was kind of dumb. Yeah, it was kind of dumb. It would have, you know what though? If they had named him Jonathan, it wouldn't have been that dumb. If she's like, oh, his name's Jonathan. Okay, okay. Then, yeah, they in hindsight you'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool, Superboy. Yeah. I, I, think the, I think the one thing they did right with that movie, with Superman Returns, is like 
it was it was already explained that it was going to take place right after Superman two and Superman's three and four did not exist in that world. <laughs> they were not going you know, to pay any. They just did away with it. Yeah, they did away with it. So it took place right after Superman two, where he found like the remains of Krypton. And he left Earth for a while. So and when he came back, yeah, he was like a totally different person. Like life kind of went on without him. So yeah, well, which is the reality of it too. Is um, I mean, we were just talking about a uh, Superman in Metropolis on the way back here from uh from uh Wingstop, yeah, and. Uh, we were talking about how the characters are they're different dude like they're definitely different um I, what i noticed is again they everybody's doubting jonathan like super doubting him like we we knew you wouldn't be able to handle it without your dad and you're not like him and this and that and w- what i do like is jonathan it doesn't seem like he's letting that get to his head he's like i got it i'm a man of action man i have to do this stuff we'll figure it out later and you know, like he's he's doing what he thinks is right. He's not letting himself doubt, at least not in the moment, because that, that's all I'd be like, fuck, bro. Everybody's telling me my dad's clearly way better, which, you know, you can't argue the Superman, dude. Like, uh, but he's trying his best and everybody's like, oh, you're going to crap and this and that. Have you read yeah. Justice League yet for the future state one? Yeah, I read that. It was really good. He's the Superman in that, too, right? Yeah. Nice. See, that's and that's another one I need to read. I need to read that and I read, need to read Superman Wonder Woman because I want to see that dynamic. Have they shown Damien yet? not yet huh so i got a feeling he's red x dude i I got got a strong feeling especially with dick grayson uh letting him out so we'll see man we'll see on that i guess huh (laughs) but no dude so you're saying one division is a is a good one yeah check it it out yeah it pays like i said it pays homage a lot of 50s and 60s so if you're a fan of like the older tv and stuff like that i'm a big fan of like twilight zone those are that's what 60s yeah Yeah. oh yeah yeah, early i think no i think late late 50s or 60s yeah yeah, because it was a traditional like anthology type series man dude i love that show like i love twilight zone ron sterling was such a such a good writer i like how with that that Oh, graphic novel you recommended me, Twilight Man. Twilight Man. I started oh, reading the, the backstory of the Twilight Zone. I like how the writers he brought in, uh, Richard yeah. Matheson and Chuck Beaumont and all those guys, uh, they did a lot of outstanding work for that. Yeah, that was, that was a good that was a good novel, too. I need to get that back from my buddy, the Twilight Man. It's cool, and it, I really like how they wrap it up at the end, too, where it's like, yeah, it's a little Twilight Zone homage or reference. You know, they're paying homage to it, um, where he's in that plane. <laughs> what was it, Terror at uh, uh, 10,000 Feet or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I remember, yeah, the one with William Shatner. Yeah, yeah, yeah with William Shatner. That's right, dude. Oh, man, so good. And I know in the, for the movie, they remade that again with John Lithgow. Yes, yes. Uh, the dude from uh, Third Rock from the Sun, right? Yeah, yeah. He was in Dexter as well. He was a Trinity killer. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. What else was he in? I know he's yeah. been in some other stuff. See, he was in this one movie called, um, this old Robin, Robin Williams movie called The World According to Garp. It's where Robin Williams plays this writer. Um, he's probably a writer. I mean, you see him, you see his life growing up. Um, he's very close to his mom, which is played by Glenn Close. I think John Lithgow's character is a, a transvestite slash football player or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was oh, very right. weird. That's out there, yeah. Yeah, this was, I think that movie, that was Robin Williams' first first time doing drama, yeah, but he really excelled at it. So he's, to me, he's one, I like how he's one of those comedians that really excels at doing comedy and drama. Right. Did you and, ever watch, uh, we'll get back to Robin Williams, I'm a big fan of him too. Was, uh, yeah. Did you ever watch King of Staten Island? Bill Burr's in that, and that's more of a drama. There's some comedy in there, but it's, it's like you said, it's interesting to see these comedians play serious roles. Yeah. Um, the uh yeah dude robin williams talking about robin williams um or were you a fan of any of his movies since you're a comedy fan oh yeah um I, as a kid i remember the, i don't know if this old if anybody remembers his old sitcom on mork and mindy because i never watched that but i heard about it he was an alien right yeah, he's an alien comes to earth he meets <laughs> his birth woman and you know they shack up together my mom would talk married. about that all the time which is funny as a as a mexican immigrant who knows no english to still watch that mm-hmm. and and laugh and it's again it just shows you, you know funny's funny man like yeah. 
Yeah, that was Nanuna. She used to always say that, like when talking about aliens. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Because I didn't get the reference, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, what Robin Robin Williams also liked. Um, I don't know if you remember his one movie, Jack, where um, yeah, Jack was dope, where he's aging like twice as fast. Yes, or something yes, like that, I right? like that. Yeah, yeah, that was such a good movie. I love Jack. Who doesn't like uh, Jumanji? Who doesn't like yeah. Blubber and Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect Aladdin. He was a great Aladdin. Yeah. I mean, like. Dude, it's, and his stand-up specials were really great, stand-up too. Stand-up was good. Um, even, like, you were talking about his drama. A lot of people give it a lot of crap, but Good Will Hunting, I liked. I liked yeah, Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting, and, of course, Patch Adams, which I, I'm a huge fan See, of. I don't know movie. if I watched Patch Adams. Which one? What was that one about? Oops, excuse me. Uh, actually, he it was actually about him playing a doctor who wanted to bring... Who wanted to not only cure people, but he wanted to do it through um, humor and laughter. Right, and, right. I think the board had a problem with this. The medical school he went to, I think the the board of direct the board of directors had a problem with that because they didn't want him doing that because he's since he was still a student. So I think he went out on his own with his couple of friends and they put together this little commute where they can like you know heal pe you know heal people at the yeah, same time yeah. bring laughter and joy to their. That's interesting. So that was I think it was based on a real story. So that, that I loved that movie more than anything. Said. If it wasn't for Robin Williams branching out and doing drama, you wouldn't have guys like Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler doing that as well. And what what Jim Carrey, the only drama that I liked from him, well, two two ones, two two movies came to mind. Um, the Truman Show, which I was a big fan of. What's it? Is that a? It's about this kid who actually grows up in front of the. He has his own show, but it's but you see him growing up and through various aspects of his life but it's he he's the star of his own show but he's 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 unaware that he's on a tv show interesting they they brought in actors and he's basically the only one who doesn't know but then one day he finds out and then i think he just wants out of that so-called ideal world right i think that yeah it was him and i think they brought in um, i think ed harris who played the director the guy the creator and he was the guy who put it all together that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, and the, and the majestic. I think he was a screenwriter. Oh, I remember the majestic. That's where uh, he. The majestic's a theater, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a theater. He plays a screenwriter. I think he lands in this one town, and they, everyone mistakes him for a soldier that went away, and they think he he assumes the guy's the guy's identity. So right, yeah, because he has like amnesia or some yeah. BS like that. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because they're trying to bring back the majestic, which was like a yeah, very, theater that people yeah, like. an old timey theater. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I like Jim Carrey too. Like he's he's a really good actor. I was just listening to a podcast. I was mentioning him earlier. Yeah, he's really really funny. Really really cool dude. From what I hear too. Um, yeah, man. A lot of those old style comedians. Uh, it's unfortunate they don't do as much movies anymore. Um, oh, yeah. Although this last year has been a little rough for movies in general. We haven't been getting a whole lot. Um, and oh, yeah. to begin definitely. with, and then yeah, comedy. I don't know what's up. Like they need to come out with some more comedy movies. Oh, yeah, definitely, and yeah. shows too, because we we can definitely use it, man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to recap, uh, so you're saying people should check out Get a Life, right? Um, yeah. You said it was on YouTube. You've seen it on there, yeah, pretty much uh, all of it. Yeah. If you want, you can go like, go to um, you go on go online like on the Amazon or um, Rasputin. I think they have the entire series on DVD. So right. Right. I bought it the, the minute it came out. <laughs> Get a life. Yeah. And then you said Sopranos was a good watch too. Um, how how long was that one? The Sopranos, I think it was from like two, early two thousands to I think it ended around two thousand six, I believe. Nice, nice. So it's it was <laughs> it ran for a while then, about half yeah. a decade. And then uh and then WandaVision you're saying is, is bueno. Everyone yeah. should check out. I'll oh, have yeah. to look at it too. If it's only two episodes in, I can probably catch up when I re-download the app um because yeah i need to catch up on mando i know i haven't watched this whole last season and i mean that's just blasphemous to a 
supposed Star Wars fan, right? Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Anything else you want to add, Francis? Let's see. Um, anything else? Let's see. Besides comics and comics uh, in general, like I said, um, I grew. Everybody knows. I think you and everybody else knows that. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up reading comic comic books. It was the first thing I read when I was a kid because my mom told me she would take me to this one liquor store in our in our um in our neighborhood, which was in um Crenshaw Crenshaw District because we grew up in LA. And um because I took the liquor the liquor store is very funny itself too because um, it was in a strip mall and it didn't have like like a fancy name like you know like um, Abe's Liquor or anything like that. It just had the. <laughs> the sign was like all in yellow and black letters it was just liquor liquor (laughs) well you know what they sell right (laughs) yeah and then um we went inside and there's a spinner rack and i just i fell in love with comics and as a kid i got into it and uh i started reading as a teenager which i really that really hooked me and yeah back in high school hardly anybody i knew knew that i was into comics some of my friends knew that was about it but for the most part, growing up in the nineties, no one really cared about comics, and so right, it was easy to hide. It's like I don't, I don't read comics. <laughs> well, um, what's a good story uh, for comic books that you'd recommend? Like, uh, if you can recommend one story in the whole time that you've read books, what would be one story you recommend? One story I would recommend more than anything was um, Spider Man: Craven's Last Hunt. Craven's Last Hunt. I've heard a lot of good stuff about oh, yeah. it. What's that story about? Well, it. It's destined to be like like the final confrontation between Spider Man and Craven the Hunter, and Craven feels like he hasn't really fulfilled anything in his life, so he decided like the one the, to do the one thing that he should do more than anything is like you know take out Spider Man and just become just put on his costume and become him and see how that goes. And so he he confronts Spider Man. Run is like the whole the whole series the whole arc like takes place in like in a very rainy element in New York City, like it's raining like nonstop. Raining cats and dogs. So um, he takes out Spidey. He shoots him on a trank dart and buries him alive. So he, oh wow! <laughs> and then Craven takes his costume and runs around becoming Spider Man. Interesting. To the point where Spidey actually digs himself out of the grave and he finds out he's he was missing for like two weeks. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So he confronts Craven. They they have this big um fight with him. Spidey has this big fight with him. Vermin, which is another character that um he was uh, created by Baron Zemo during J.M. Matias's run on um, Captain America. So yeah, he was brought in. He was brought into the storyline. I think Craven kind of put him up, put him up against Spidey because um, during Craven's time as um, Brass Raiden as Spider Man, he actually took out. He actually confronted Vermin and beat him up and and captured him. So that's how he had Vermin go up against Spider Man. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, and then um, it turned out I think Spidey told Craven, you know, Vermin's loose. Why don't you go after him? You have my you have my dying word that I'll never hunt again. So Spidey leaves, and then a couple hours later, Craven commits suicide. Interesting. Why? What? What was his reasoning? I think he was basically done what he, he had to. I think he set out what he had to do to prove to Spidey. He's Spidey done everything he, to, he could. He's yeah, kind of. Did you ever watch talking about comedy? Did you ever watch um, "I'm Dying Up Here"? It's on Amazon. They have season one um, on there for free, and it's a comedy. It's a TV show about comedians. And uh, uh, Bucky, the actor, he's in the first episode, and he the whole thing is they do stand-up comedy until they get popular enough to be, go on Carson, and then they tell jokes, and then if uh, if Carson thinks they're funny, he invites him to the couch oh, and yeah, sit down. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the pinnacle for a comedian. Well, <laughs> he goes, he does it, he sits with Carson, you know, talks to him, has a great night, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, I he writes a postcard back to his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and he just walks out in front of a bus and dies. 
Oh my yeah, goodness. right. And yes. uh, <laughs> very heavy, <laughs> right. And he's like to him, like that's the pinnacle. It does it's I've peaked now. It only goes down from here. Is oh, what yeah. it was in his head. I'm like, that's crazy, dude. Like I know, <laughs> but it's like you said with Craven. It's like he hit the peak. There's nothing yeah. else for him. He's yeah. done. Yeah, he just proved despite it that you know I'm better than you. Yeah, I yeah, I'm better than you. you. So with Dad, yeah, he just took a shot good and, and just blew his brains yeah, out. His brain that's out. crazy, dude. Yeah, Derek, that's one of his um, highly recommended stories. I'd yeah. like to get him on soon. Um, yeah, Spider-Man has a lot of good stories, man. Every every time I talk to like Derek or you or anybody who's a Spider-Man fan, they always have like certain story arcs that are like really good or even single-issue single, single issue stories. Like um, I feel of the Silver Age characters, don't get me wrong, like I'm a big Green Lantern fan. Hal Jordan is freaking awesome, but a lot of those Silver Age stories are really hokey, you know? Uh, yeah. A lot of those are just oh, don't yeah. they don't hold up. They don't hold up. Hulk doesn't hold up ff doesn't hold up but spider-man does spider-man for some reason still holds up in the sense of like these stories they could be told now and it still makes sense it being a modern story oh yeah you know some of the stuff that these early silver age books talk about it's like this doesn't even matter anymore like it's not relevant it's not interesting or anything spider-man is interesting but it's probably because they it's more about the peter you know being a teenager being poor being a high schooler yeah like everybody can relate to him so yeah yes for the most part people can relate yeah Mm. i mean my niece who's gonna be four years old in a month um her favorite superhero spider-man like she loves spider-man and It's like, how, how can a little girl relate to Spider-Man, you know, in the traditional sense? It's like, no, it's just a cool character. Anyone can like Spider-Man. I even told, I remember telling Christus too, like, because she's a big Peanuts fan. It's like, you know, with um, Charlie Brown, he's basically in the, fit in the same mold as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody kind of like looks down on him and like, like he's just, yeah. he's there to be walked all over and stuff. Yeah. He's a floor mat. It's interesting. Yeah, I never made that observation. It's very true yeah, though. I, he I, just I, happens to be the main character. Yeah, I actually picked it up. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, because I'm it's the same scene. They have the same traits too, because you know, as you know, what in Peanuts, him Charlie Brown, he fails to get a date or any kind of any kind of headway when talking yeah. to the redheaded girl, which is his <laughs> crush. Whereas Spider Man, you know, he, he had his very romances with you know Quinn Stacy and Mary Jane Watson, and right. And every time he, he try, every time he tried to like um, try to get leadway with them or anything like that, you know, Spider Man kind of takes over and he has, you know, like a villain pops up and he has to go and action Spidey. So right. So again, great power, great responsibility, right? Yeah. He oh. has to do it because he can do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, again, Spider-Man's a really, really cool idea. I'm trying to incorporate some of those ideas in one of my things that I'm writing recently. Oh, yeah, um, awesome. So we'll see how that works out. Because, um, yeah, dude, Spider-Man is such an interesting, interesting character. I was reading the AF-15 the other day, and uh, it's funny because he, you can see before all the stuff, before Uncle Ben dies, you can see how he used to think like even before he got the powers like uh he was asking a girl to the dance and then flash thompson's like no look yeah. at this dweeb or whatever yeah. and he's even saying weird things like oh they'll regret saying or whatever this and that yeah. and you're like what the hell why is he talking like that but again it, the the trauma of somebody dying because of his direct actions didn't hit him yet mm-hmm. and yeah you think a certain way and then stuff happens in your life and you start you know yeah. kind of reprioritizing uh, the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave, um, what you're responsible for. Um, Spider-Man's a really cool character, a really interesting character. I really like what they've done oh, with yeah, them throughout the decades. Obviously, there's been some lows and some highs, but I'd definitely say there's a lot more highs and lows with Spider-Man. Um, hopefully, we can get uh, Derek on here because I know he has a whole lot of Spider-Man stories he can talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think we've uh, we've talked a good amount, had some really cool uh, stories we talked about. Oh, yeah. Um 
If you are interested in any weekly reviews on comics, Francis actually posts stuff on his Facebook page. Um, where, where would they be able to find that on Facebook, Francis? Your your weekly reviews. Oh, yeah. Well, I I well, it's called I Love Comics. Blah blah blah. I just can't put the title as a very weird non secretary kind of way, but um, I posted it every night on Facebook. And um, if you look at the comics section, there's a guy, a very great guy, great editor named um, Rick Off- Offenberger, who does. He's the editor-in-chief of this one one site called um, First News Comics. He actually posts my reviews on his site, so you can look for it in the comments well, section. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, what, he, what do you review, just weekly books, or do you do like uh, even older stuff? Like, Do you go back and... A little bit of both. Um, I started my... It was based on my what my step... This idea that my stepbrother came up with, he's like, you know what you should do? You really should... Um, Start take a couple, read a, a couple of co, um, oh, oh, tongue tied. Okay, here it goes. Like he's like, you know what you should do? You should get a couple of old comics, read them, and then review them. It's like, yeah, cool. Because yeah. I used to do that like about four years ago. Like right when the 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 right when Legends was located right next to Sierra Vista, and when the forum was popping off, I remember Bill would go on, would go with Derek and Chris on the on the convention. They started going on these conventions, so he wouldn't be here around to do the forum. So. Every time I get off work, I would just read a comic. And just well, it's always post cool. It it's always it. cool looking back at books you read in the past, rereading them with a different perspective, and seeing how you think. To like, you absorb it differently. You metabolize it in your head a little, a lot, a lot different, and uh, you get a, a new perspective on it sometimes. Yeah. So it's cool to kind of look back on how you thought back then, and then and then uh, read it now and see if it, it still holds up the same way your opinion or if something's changed. Because other stuff like that, like uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, I read that book about it once a year or every other year. Mm-hmm. Um, and every year or every other year, I like think of something different where I'm like, oh, this is, I didn't think this a certain way that I did then or it resonates more than it used mm-hmm. to in the past. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool that you do that. Um, yeah, if you guys uh, want to take a look at any of those, like you said, they're on his Facebook. And what was the website again? Yeah, it's um, let me look it up right now because I don't want to make a mistake and <laughs> say the wrong thing. But um, but yeah, it's posted up every like I said, it's posted up every night on my Facebook page. Like because I usually like buckle down like around after midnight and start doing it. So yeah, it's um. Yeah, yeah, it's on Facebook, like almost every night, almost every night, like when, like every Thursday morning, early Thursday morning. So I'll post it like around two, three in the morning. So by the time you wake up, you'll get to see it. And it's on firstcomicsnews.com. Firstcomicsnews.com. Yeah, special thanks to Rick Offenberger for doing that. Awesome, awesome. Because when I started, when COVID went down and there was no new comics coming out, I decided just to go back back and read some some good stuff. Yeah, my old stuff, I called it Review Corner. So I started doing that. It caught Rick's attention. And because um, I posted a, a review of the Peanuts comics from like 1950, 1952, I posted that and he saw and he hit me up. He's like, hey, would it be cool if I posted your Peanuts review on my site? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more the better, right? Yeah. And then it got to the point where every week he would ask to post it. I, I gave him my reviews. I posted it. And, and then when the economy opened up again and all the comic shops were back, back getting new comics on he started posting my weekly reviews too, which I I really I appreciated that. Nice, nice. Yeah. Alrighty, guys, and then uh, yeah, as always, if you have any questions, 
uh, please feel free to comment or message. Uh, you can do it on the Facebook. We have a Weaving Words Podcast uh, Facebook page. We have the Instagram for Weaving Words Podcast. There's Roman the Nerd um, that you can also comment on as well. You should try to share stuff. And then we got the Discord. It's been pretty dead just because I haven't, again, I've, I've been so busy. I've had so much stuff going on in my life right now um, that, yeah, I really want to get back on it. I really want to get back on recording podcast episodes uh, more frequently uploading them engaging with people and just i got a bunch of other projects i'm working on that i want to share with you guys um so yeah thanks thanks a lot for your support um you can always message uh directly on my email which is uh should be weaving words podcast at gmail.com as well uh but thank you have a good one guys uh until next time uh it's been weaving words thank you goodbye